Folks, we are heading into week six. We're also heading across the pond. Our opponents are already on their way there. We're taking a, a seat and waiting a little bit, but nevertheless, we're going to have a game in London against the Ravens. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about our previous game. Stay with us. we got a lot to go get into. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. I'm joined, as always, by my two counter- counterparts, Jarrett and Vin. Uh, Vin, you were with us last week, or uh, I should say last Sunday after the game. So uh, before we get into anything, I'd like to give you the floor, share with the crowd what your thoughts were, and um, yeah, instant reaction to that tough, tough loss. Um, yeah, so I was, uh, well, great job of you guys holding it down. First off, I watched the episode, some great rants, some great, um, interaction Fire. with fans. Yeah. Jared's and Gotts with the, with the, with the hand chin gesture was just perfect. He looked more greasy than me and Sal put together maybe with that little rant. I loved it. Uh, just pure passion and emotion. Um, which I know we're always going to get from all three of us, but you guys did a great job without me. I was in Key West. Getting my uh, getting my tan on is by far the hottest place I've ever been in the world. Uh, and, there's ro- and there's roosters all over that wake you up at five in the morning. But pretty cool city. Had a good time. Uh, my flight got delayed on Sunday, so instead of having to go to the airport early and miss part of the Titans game, I was always uh, I was um, I was able to watch the whole game at a sports bar. Uh, and my takeaways were very similar to yours. Um, the defense non-existence, you know, Jared made the joke, you know, I don't know where Vin's at in Key West with his buttons on down, but, uh, you know, this, this defense was atrocious. They were able to run all over us. I think like Jared said, we missed Tyre Tart. Um, you really don't appreciate a player sometimes until he's not there and you realize the impact he does have when he is playing. I think we missed him a lot. Our secondary is starting to become a joke. It's starting to look like the, uh, the days of Bleedy Ray Wilson. Uh, I saw someone put that on Twitter. You know, it looks like they're just picking and choosing, you know, who they want to throw against. And uh, God, not Caleb Flory, Jesus. Christian Fallen is looking just god awful. I said it a while ago. We should trade this kid if he doesn't look up to par. It's been five weeks. I don't even know what you can get for him at this point. A seventh round pick, maybe, would you even have to release him? Maybe a team takes a chance on him as a project. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but defensively, it was awful. Um, we got no pressure on either quarterback. It seemed like they had all day to throw. And with your quarterback is Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson. Ryan Tannehill, if you give an NFL quarterback time to throw, you know, most of them are going to make you look foolish, and uh, both of them did. And then offensively, you know, it was it's, it's tough to be hard on Tannehill. He seemed like he had a decent game. He moved around in the pocket a little bit, made some big throws. Um, Henry looked like the Henry where he was a little sluggish. Uh, the Henry against, um, you know, the Saints, the Henry against the uh, – 
Who else did we lose to? The Browns. He didn't look like the old Henry. We're starting to phase him out a little bit and starting to phase Tajay Spears in. I think, you know, I brought it up a couple weeks ago. If this team is selling at the deadline, you know, you never want to see a, a player of his caliber go a team, a player that did so much for us his whole career. Some of our best memories are, are with him as our running back. But, you know, if it's time to turn the page, then it's time to turn the page because this team doesn't look like it's it's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and it's a shame because DeAndre Hopkins is, is who we wished Julio Jones was. I mean, this guy has showed up week in and week out. Um, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but he's getting targets, you know, out the you-know-what. I think last week was eight catches, 140 yards, something like that, 11 targets. Um, but the creativity wasn't really there. I know Henry overthrew Hopkins on a touchdown pass. That was a cool play and all. But that being said, I think we're averaging under 20 points a game. Tim Kelly seems like he's either in his bag or he's just completely lost. And it's just like we always alluded to. It's this roller coaster of emotions week in and week out, and you never know which Titans team is going to show up. And I've alluded to it before. I think this team is lacking in identity. Um, and I think that's the most frustrating thing. Sal said it perfectly. Like they're not even good at being bad or they're not even good at being good. We're just always in the middle. You know, we can't pick one way or the other where we're going to contend. We're going to be in the divisional round, the title game. You would think we have a chance for every year. That's not the case. It's also not the case where we're going to be four and 13. Now we're always seems like kind of in the middle and a few games break here or there will determine whether we make the playoffs or not. But it's extremely frustrating, I think, because it seems like we had a window for a period of time for three, four years. And I think that window is closed. And I think Mike Vrabel doesn't close, believe it. Closing, closing. I think it's closed. I think it's closed. Um, and I think Mike Vrabel is failing to acknowledge that. And he's in his stubborn ways. And it's getting frustrated with him as well. He is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But in our last, what what is it now, 12 games, he's 13. 10. Two, yeah, he's two and eleven in his last thirteen games. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. And what frustrates me, and I think Titans fans, is his lack of responsibility when it comes to placing blame on himself and you know certain players. It's always he's trying to be political about everything and channel his inner Belichick. But um, there's only one Belichick, and, and Rabel needs to take responsibility for you know, the inconsistencies of this team. And instead of giving these bland answers where we have to play better, we have to coach better. You know, no, I'm, I'm the head coach of this team. I take blame. I need to make better decisions. And speaking of decisions, why didn't we kick the ball on fourth and one? Go down one. You have eight minutes left. You have eight minutes left in the game. Go down one. A field goal wins the game. He was very trustworthy of our defense uh, week one. Where we went, where we kicked the field goal and said, well, we got to put our defense back on the field. Now, all of a sudden, you're not trustworthy of our defense. So it's like he kind of contradicted himself with his week one decision to kick the ball and put his defense back on the field. Four weeks later, he wants to go for it on fourth and run and run the most predictable play ever. I mean, everyone knew Henry was getting that ball. I mean, and if you're going to run it, why are you trying to run him like somewhat laterally? Put Jeffrey Simmons in front of them. If they know it's coming, who gives a shit? North-South North football, dude. Yeah, or do the, the 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 tush push that Philly's been doing. I mean, Tannehill's, what, 6'4", 230, 240, big dude. He can fall forward for a yard. So 
it's just very frustrating because it feels like this team is playing on our emotions week in and week out. And, you know, they're like a girlfriend who tells you they're done. And then the next week they show you all the attention in the world and you'll love them again. <clears throat> just for the following week, they, they let you down and leave you on red. And, you know, they're giving you these bullshit answers when you're asking for, you know, why they're acting the way they are. That's kind of the comparison I feel right now. The Titans are just a, a girlfriend who just won't give us a straight answer. Do you want me or do you not want me? You know what I mean? Do you want to be good? Do you want to be bad? Because this in-between shit is just is just miserable to live in. So and it, it really is. Um, so other than that, that was my takeaway from the game. It was just so, so predictably tightened football, though, where it's just up and down every week. We look like we could beat anybody last week when we played Cincinnati. And this week we let a backup quarterback. I know it's that Sal's boy, Garner Minshew, but he's a backup quarterback. And we let him come in the game and we let him, you know, lead his team to victory. Um, so, and I also believe I want to say, I think Jared alluded to today, it seems like there might be a little dissension in the locker room. You know, Simmons said some cryptic things where he, you know, made some comments that we thought might be guided towards Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton's out there blaming the refs and, you know, this is life as a DB, and you know what I mean? And, Jess, Sal, you're going to love this. Can we name one play Kevin Byard has made this year? Can we name one standout play that he has made this year? You can say I that about any player on the defense, that, really. That, that is true, but what I'm saying is we could say that about any player, but from him we expect a little something, just like we expect a little something each week from Jeffrey Simmons. You know, this this team can look very different um, next year, and – um you know, we'll see how things go this week. And, and I alluded to it after the Browns game. I said, even if we beat, you know, we almost want to lose to the Bengals to, like, make us realize that we're not that good. I almost don't want to lose to the to the, to the the Ravens, but if we do, it's kind of like, you know, all right, we realize that we need to make some changes. But if we win, it's going to be more of the same. And we're going to be three and four, then four and four, then four and five, then five and five, then five and six, then six and six. And then where does it really end, you know? us picking in the middle of the draft and retaining the same staff and personnel that we did this year and try it again next year because, you know, stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting, expecting a different result. All right, let's, uh, we got, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that 10, 10 minute, uh, 10 minute rent is over now. We got, we got yeah. clips over here of all defenses. I'm glad you brought up accountability because we have a video of, uh, Mr. Accountability himself, uh, Christian Fulton, because Jeffrey Simmons too said before we get into this video, um, I had enough of these uh, my bad guys when they come back to the huddle, and it screams to me that it's Christian Fulton because, like I said uh, on Sunday, you get PIs after PIs after PIs. You definitely it's him running back to the huddle. I don't care what anybody says. You're not gonna you're not gonna tell me different that it's Christian Fulton that it's somebody else. He comes back to the huddle. My bad, my bad, my bad. And, and just his attitude in this in this video that we were about to play for you guys. Just listen to it. He he just doesn't look like he cares to be on the team or or, or to be coached in my opinion. So Sammy, roll that clip. Pushing me over. Thought I was score, so it's part of the game. Thought of me personally, bad car, so life is a DB. And that's what it is. What is starting to, to go wrong? Because you know, typically you're a very technically sound corner, yeah. but you know, some things aren't happening. What's what's going into that? I feel like I was very sound today. I mean, besides one play, you know, with the one with eleven, very sound. Whatever it was on me, I guess, bad eyes. But for the most part, I think today was, you know, technically sound. Obviously, they made some plays or whatever, but um, I mean, it's hard. We got to play against, you know, the 
Nope. Don't want them anymore. Goodbye. When you make when you make every excuse that you can't be held accountable for your play. You're first of all, you're ranked 101 out of 109 cornerbacks in, in the NFL per PFF, and you can't show accountability and say, "Yeah, I got my ass kicked today." Just like Arden Key said, he sat in his locker. And he said, "We got our ass beat." Plain and simple. Okay, for a guy like that to come to to, to say that and blame the refs, he's just he's just lost. And Mike Vrabel said the same thing. He's got to get his act together because he's gonna get pulled. He's got they got guys behind him that that, that are gonna step in and, and uh, hopefully do wonders. Yeah, shout out to Ron Davenport, by the way. Um, he's uh, he's going to be the one uh, that offering up all the clips that we're going to be showing you today. So shout out to him. Um, I mean, I don't know where to start. I, you could say Jeffrey Simmons is the only player in this whole organization that takes any responsibility with the comments he made last week saying, we keep saying we're going to do something, excuse me, and we never do it. And he's the only guy that's basically saying, hey, I get it. We're playing like garbage. Everybody else deflect, deflect, deflect. Every time Tannehill talks, we, 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 we. Dude, no. You know, you blew the game against New Orleans. I want to hear you say, I fucked up. I take responsibility. Guys do it all the time in the league. All the time. Coaches do it all the time. I got out coached today. I got to be better. It starts with me. This fucking guy doesn't ever say that. Ever. Nor does the quarterback when he fucks up. Nobody takes responsibility, and nobody just seems like nobody gives as much of a shit as we do. It's unfortunate. This team has no culture. It has no culture. I think you said it, Vin. No identity, no culture. They all intertwine. There's nothing about this team that when you're looking at us from an opposing fan base or an opposing team say, says to you, this just, there's just no way this is going to be our day. Like they do when they face the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Eagles. You know, all these elite teams that were dog shit five minutes ago then got their damn quarterback and built around him and now are powerhouses. Like, we can't seem to fucking do. Speaking of quarterback, like everybody's saying, I've been seeing it all over Twitter, obviously. Um, Love how everyone's back on our side now to say, hey, we need a spark. Tannehill is this. Tannehill is that. Oh, we got to get Tannehill out of here. We've been saying it since week one, and some of us last year – Sal and Vinny, I was the, the Tannehill supporter of the podcast. But you know what? Two and two touchdowns and five interceptions in five games is not great. It's it's terrible, in my opinion. Okay. Do we need a spark? Absolutely. I don't know if it comes from the quarterback. I don't know. But if we have three losses currently right now, if we lose another three or four that puts us at six, seven games, we're out. We're done. So we lose three, four more games. We're screwed. You're not looking at playoffs. Right, You're not looking lose, at the division. You're done. If we lose this game, we're done. We're not, exactly. Where are we going? That's what I said. Two and four. We're going nowhere. No, that's this what I'm saying. It. You have to this roll off season. half of your. Yeah, you have to roll off more than half of your schedule now. You're done. So I mean, do we ride this pit and say where are we going with this draft too? We have no draft capital going into next year, and people are saying, "Oh, trade for Jerry Judy, trade this. We need that. We have nothing. Ugots, Vin. Ugots. We have a first, second, a fourth, and three sevenths next year. Where's the draft capital going?" So you're not getting anybody. Stop saying you're getting Cortland Sutton for help for Christian Fulton because you're not getting it. You're not getting Jerry Judy for help for packaging um, uh, Traylon Burks because he can't even stay on the field because he's not even proven anything. So you're not getting nothing. We're stuck with what we have right now. And right now we have nothing. So, I mean, I don't know how this this roster gets turned around with a spark. Maybe maybe it's uh, Malik Willis. Maybe it's Will Levis like it, like it did happen to us uh, when Tannehill took over from Marcus Mariota. I don't know. But um, – it's crazy to say that we're in this predicament right now. 
It really is. In week well, six, the only season. way you can come out with more draft capital is I alluded to it earlier, and it would be a hard goodbye for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All of us. But you need to pick up the phone and see what you can get for Henry. See what you can get for someone like, I hate to say it, a Kevin Byard. Because if you could fetch a few mid-round picks, third, fourth-round picks, you get Sal, you, you get what I'm saying, though. You get what know, I'm but, saying. How, you're never... how are we supposed to pick up draft capital but right now? I, I know what you you're know, saying. Because you're going to be in the same precarious situation if you have to head into the draft next year with four picks with a team that is – up in the air with a quarterback position that's going to be even more of a question mark because Tannehill will be gone. And then what do you have in these young kids? I mean, it's just an awful situation to be in. You're stuck in purgatory, and you much rather wish you were in hell or heaven. I mean, it's 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 a tough predicament. And you know, you're gonna if you're gonna sell, then sell and get what you can get and load up on the draft capital and admit that this team is is not near. You know. Th- <clears throat> a title or whatever, a division title, an actual title. I don't know, but sometimes you just need to pack your, uh, you know, admit your losses and, and, we, and try to, you know, go ahead. We legitimately may see that. We may see that because, like I said, in 2027, we're opening up a brand new, beautiful stadium in downtown Nashville, and they're not going to go into that stadium with a shit team. So next year may be the overhaul, to the start of the overhaul, and then, uh, 2026. You know, we may we may be down in 2025 or 2024, or whatever. But in 2026, 2027, we may be back on the climb. So we'll see what Rand Carthon does. You know, he's he's got the key to the driver's seat after the uh, John Robinson mess. So hopefully, he can turn this thing around like the 49ers. Because when you see when I looked at all these teams on Sunday, the 49ers, the Dolphins, uh, the Chiefs, the Eagles, all these teams have enormous. Enormous offensive lines. Enormous. Like look at the size of those guys. And then when Early you look quarterbacks. at all, Yes, but when you look at that offensive line compared to our offensive line, it's almost like peewee football, in my opinion. I mean, you got Trent Williams, you got huge monster humans on the offensive line on those four teams, and you look at us, and it's just like literally like. Here's the thing. I don't know. Everybody, take one minute. Everybody watching, clear your mind, right? Clear everyone, clear their mind for just sixty seconds, and let's have a real discussion here, right? Is there any possibility? Ryan Tannehill is going to go toe-to-toe with any of the powerhouse AFC teams when it comes to AFC playoff time. Answer is no, okay? We went into this season thinking there might be a pipe dream that with DeAndre, Derek, updated offensive line, Chig taking another step, this, that, and the other thing, this could be the last dance and we could give it one more shot. It is clearly evident at this point that there is something missing with this team that's not going to be found this season. You want to know what it is? What is it? I know you apologized the other day for uh, cutting me off all the time. Now I cut you off. No, I... You know what the problem is? And what has Mike Vrabel been saying the whole time, the last two off seasons? Do you guys know by any chance? We have to get faster. We have to get faster on offense. We have to get faster on offense. Where's the speed? The last couple of years, 
DeAndre Hopkins is 31. Great, great wide receiver. He don't have the speed like he used to. Traylon Burks can't stay on the field. The only speed option we have on that team right now is um, Tajay Spears. You look at the Dolphins, you look at the 49ers, you look at the Eagles, the Chiefs, all these teams have speed. It's a speed league now. You've been saying it the whole time. Where's the speed? And for all you advocates out there that are saying, oh, we need uh, Hardman on this team, blah, 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 you ain't getting them. We have no draft capital, and he ain't going to help us. Well, what yeah, the hell is he going to do? He's not going to help us. What's he going to do? We can't, we can't get the football in the end zone. Like, it is sacrilegious that DeAndre Hopkins has nearly 400 yards in five games with zero touchdowns. That cannot be a real thing. Guys like Zay Flowers that just showed up in the league and you know will probably be a big-time guy in, in very, very soon, okay. We know DeAndre Hopkins is an A-tier wide receiver with the best, if not one of the best, hands in the NFL. He should not be having this many fucking yards without a touchdown. That is a coordinator problem. I put out a tweet today, and people are, again, up in arms because once That's a month a I got to say take. something. That's a bad That's take. A bad take. You, it's not Tim Kelly. It's the players not executing. Well, whose fucking job is it to make He's sure the fucking players execute? The coordinator. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, you guys, you, nobody could be this fucking naive. There's a problem when you have Derrick Henry, who is still, I don't care, a top five running back in the National Football League. You have DeAndre Hopkins, a top five hands in the National Football League. That's another thing people are coming at me with. Oh, he's not a top three receiver. Do you see what he does when he's on the field? The last three years, what he's done when he's on the field? Take a look at the stats. They're ridiculous. He's still ridiculous. His only issue right now is staying on the field. When he's on the field, he's a powerhouse. So open, I mean, I, it just frustrates me so much because some of these people just get out of bed every morning and look for a reason to fucking bitch because their lives suck. The things that we all complain about are real things. We're real fans who are pissed off that our team fucking sucks. And when you lose 10 out of the last 12 games, you have carte blanche to what you want to fucking complain about because nothing seems to be going right for this team. So, I mean, I'm just so sick of having to apologize for being a fan of this fucking football team. I'm done doing it. And you need to stop doing it if you're watching it. And that's it. Oh, my goodness. Let's show I mean, another I, clip I, of fucking... No, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go. Show, show the clip. Saying what we already know, how this team doesn't fucking do anything right. Go ahead. We got we to gotta live it um, yeah. each and every day. I don't think it's just going gonna, just gonna to happen. Um, I think that, uh, you know... Today they were they, they were just a better team. We didn't execute the way we need to, but we know how to. So it's just um, you know getting back to that, um, being being focused, and then just playing with confidence and having fun, but knowing that you know we need to get better and, and improve uh, quickly. I mean, wow. I mean, how many times do we got to hear the same thing the over and over again? Shout out again to Toronto Davenport. That is his video, so we, we, we're giving him uh, shout outs to that. Um, but it's the same thing over and over again. We got to play better. We got to execute better. Same thing. Execution is what we're talking about. It's the offensive coordinator to put them in the right spots to score points to get yards. That's the whole thing on, on an offensive coordinator. Am I wrong? Mm, yeah. Who's Am I wrong? Is it Whose job is it to design a fucking play to get the fucking fourth and two? That's Tim and Kelly. Of course, of he course, they, the worst fucking play you could of, pick. 
Of course, and they have to execute it, okay? And they'd be like, "Oh, well, they're not, they're not calling the plays." Of course, they're not calling the plays, and of course, they're not ex- they have to execute for the plays. But still, they have to make everything mix together, and, and it's not doing it right now. Now let's see yeah, if Rabel blow smoke up her ass. Let's see this fucking clip too. Got to got to lift more. Got to be better. The connection that he has with the quarterback and his ability to find seams in the defense, and whether it's to settle down or uncover. Run through his own. Ryan gave him a good ball, or his ability to adjust to to a pass, his body control. So, you know, I, I know up until yesterday, he had, he obviously we wanted more production. But I mentioned before, every time we've needed a a play okay. on third down, he's been there, uh, or a play at the end of the Chargers game, made a huge play. So yesterday it was great to see him, you know, have have some, you know, production. Mm. Yeah, he's talking about Tannehill and Hopkins chemistry, which is clearly improving. But what we can't seem to fucking do is get his ass in pay dirt with the football near him. Can't throw to the guy nor no. or in the end zone. Has it happened? The only one who's done it is Derek fucking Henry. And you know what? You know what else? I was going to save this for our for my little segment, Stat Genius. But I'm going to say this this stat now before I, I rattle off some of the other ones later. When everyone keeps talking about scheme and execution and everything we are 29th in red zone offense this year at home we have a 62.5 percent red zone efficiency on the road where where our woes are we have 11 percent red zone efficiency that is god awful in the nfl god awful in the nfl so i don't want to hear anything else it's all on tim kelly right there for not getting the ball in the end zone 11% in red zone efficiency on the road. I don't want to hear anything else. And protection wasn't a problem Sunday, folks. It really wasn't. He had a f- relatively clean pocket. Sure enough, surely clean enough of a pocket where we should have had more than one touchdown that wasn't even in the air. I'm glad you said that, Sal, because it made me realize, too, watching the game, it feels like every week, and you said it after the show when I watched the episode, every week there's a new problem. When the offensive line plays poorly, this position plays well. When that position plays well, that position plays poorly, and vice versa. It's never like for a full week we can't seem to put everything together. You know what I mean? Because when the defense plays lights out, the offense sucks. When the offense is struggling, the defense – I mean, when the offense is playing well, the defense sucks. So the it goes back to what we said earlier. There's just – we have to be either decide whether we're all in or, or we're all out because this mediocrity shit is, is, is not it's not it's, it's getting old. It's old. It's what we it's what we've been saying the last it's, it's a year old. and a half. We want you know, consistency as fans. Yeah, you know, and we it's, want consistency. And we wonder why we don't get the respect from other teams or from the national media. It's because we don't really deserve it. Sure, do they know what team could show up? But why would you fear that when you know that there's only maybe a 50-50 chance that, that good Titans team is showing up. You know what I mean? It's it's extremely frustrating, the inconsistent. The only thing that we're consistent on is being inconsistent. Um, you know, and I joked about it earlier. Who would have thought all the bitching and complaining, you know, I did about a kicker all offseason. That seems to be our one non-issue right now, week in and week out, is that Nick Folk has remained perfect, which is sad because it seems like it's, it's going to be all for nothing. But the fact that we can't put – all three phases together in one week consistently week in and week out is beyond frustrating. And, 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all though if we went in the Balt if we went into London and beat Baltimore. Um, but you almost don't know the, but what's it for. You know what I mean? Nothing. No what's reason. It for? You know what I mean? Nada. You almost rather would go two and four into the bye, see what you can get out of Willis for a six game sample size. If he's if he gives us a spark, let him ride it out. If not, put in Levis because we've taken two quarterbacks in the first three rounds the last two years and you know, what's the point of doing that if we're not going to see what we can get out of them, especially when we need to face the facts that this team is not going anywhere. So you might as well, you know, like I always say, take your, like I said earlier, take your losses and, um, you know, move on and, and let's try to prepare for the future because we're stuck in this, you know, football purgatory right now. And it's, 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 it's awful living in it. You know, it's, it's not fun anymore. You see like the, the energy's drained for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, let me set the it's not scene fun anymore. You. It's not let fun. Me set, let me set the scene for you. The Titans get dumpstered on in London, right? Morale's down. Every other team in the AFC South wins. I think I think two of them play, so I don't think that could be possible. Let's just say for, for fun that every other team wins. Everyone's down. Everyone's fighting. The whole fan base is in shambles. Plus, it's a bye week. So we got two weeks to just be in absolute fucking misery. Purgatory. And just, but purgatory is an understatement. I won't even say they just right in the right in hell. We don't we just skip purgatory. We're in hell. Then we go back to Nashville. It's around Halloween time. And guess what? We got a new quarterback. We're gonna have Will Levis in Columbia Blue running through that tunnel. Oiler oil rig on the helmet. And we're and this is it. This is going to be the beginning of the rest of our lives as Titan fans, starting in three weeks. It would be a resurrection of the season, and it would bring life back to all of us for the future. So, in all reality, and, it, and I'll never be able to do it. I'll say I should do it, and I'll say I'm going to make myself do it, but I'll never be able to do it. In reality, we should really want to lose this game. Because this is the only way the final push will be made to get the fuck off this this optical illusion of ours that we think we're in the mix and get going on building a powerhouse AFC team like all the fucking teams around us. And I'd like to hear your thoughts, Jared, Vin, but I think that's the right way to... I mean, again, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do it as soon as we start, as soon as the ball's kicked off. I'm going to want us to win. But as a real, true person who wants them to win a Super Bowl before I die... We shouldn't really want to win this game because nothing's going to change. Am I wrong? I mean, I think I said it. I've alluded to it in weeks past. I mean, before the Cincinnati game, I think. You know, what's really the point? You know, finally, you, you can't live in the middle forever. You have to go left or right eventually. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it sucks as a fan. Listen, of course, because people misconstrue what you just said, Sal, and what I said before and say that though they're rooting for them to lose, they're not real fans. That's not that's not true at all. I think we are the realest fans because we are smart enough to realize that we are not winning with this team. You know, we cannot go up against the Kansas Cities, the Buffaloes, the Miamis, the Chargers. You know what I mean? Who else am the I The Jaguars the, right the, now. The Jaguars, exactly. We can't expect to, to go go against these teams and score, you know, excuse me, you know, 30 points because it seems like – Miami's doing that at will. You know what I mean? Buffalo's doing that, like, you know, at will. Jacksonville, when they're clicking, can do it at will. And we need the stars align 
seven days a week for us to be able to score 30 on Sunday. It seems like we haven't scored more than 30 points. And how many games, Sammy, could you look that up? I think maybe in the last 13, 14, 15. I don't know. Maybe I think a full season we didn't score 30 last year and we're five games into this season. So probably the last 20 games we haven't scored more than 30 points. Something like that. Eventually, I have to realize that this team is is not going anywhere, and it's okay to tear it down to try to build it back up. When you have a new GM, you have some young pieces you can still build around, and it's not like we're asking to be bad for a while. You can turn it around fast in this league. Look what the Bengals did the last few years. They had the first pick. Two years later, they were a few plays away from winning the Super Bowl. January 2nd, 2022 is the last time we scored 30 points. Okay, So we're almost you know, a, a full calendar year removed from that. Um, you know, and then Cincinnati, like I was saying, two years ago, they almost won a Super Bowl. Last year, they almost go to the Super Bowl. The Jaguars have been a joke forever. Doug Peterson comes in with that young quarterback. They go to the divisional round in one year. They're looking like they're going to be just as good this year. So you can turn it around fast. It's just this front office and this this coach needs to realize that you know, they're not going to win with this team. Or maybe the head coach is part of the problem, okay? And I alluded to it earlier on a few podcasts ago. We don't know where the power really lies. Is Carthon a Vrabel yes man? Does Vrabel still have the power? Does Miss Amy value Vrabel's opinion that much where she went and hired a Vrabel yes man? Does Carthon hold the power? Is it a 50-50 split? Where does Miss Amy put her foot down? I mean, we, we can't we can't even go we can't even go with that right now. Because, with, but yeah, Jared, we can because until we really figure out, Rick really didn't even have a full out. season yet. Yeah, I talk, know. But talk to I'm, me next year around this time. I, I know, but what I'm saying is, it, it, it's frustrating in the sense that you know we have a head coach who seems like he's been great for us, but he's also been part of the problem recently, and we haven't had an owner come out and and say anything or make a move or. You know, I, I don't know. It's just frustrating because I feel like even when it comes to upper management, the fans are kind of – we don't know who has the power. So you don't know who to blame. You know what I mean? Can't blame Carthon, really. He did some good things this offseason, um, bringing in some key players, Al Shair, um, Key, uh, Hopkins. But, like, it's eventually it's going to come to a head and we're going to have to decide which way we want to go. Because we tried to retool and it doesn't seem like it worked. So I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the blame on uh, on Rabel or Carthon yet. Yes, I mean, I, I'm gonna contradict myself when I'm saying yes. Rabel is, is part of the problem, but we gotta remember 2020 and 2021 draft class were complete swings and misses, and has hurt uh, this football team. We whiffed on offensive linemen that we thought were futures. We th- we whiffed on wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, offensive linemen, cornerbacks, everything. We missed on all that. <laughs> We thought that was going to be a future. It's not. So now we have to – Rand Carton's got to build that back up. Hopefully he can build us a 49ers team. I don't know. But he's not going to do it in one offseason. He has $94 million next year. So let's see what he does. They may be working as a cohesive great unit. Who knows? Jay, John Robinson and Mike Rabel, maybe may, like we, like uh, Kayla and everybody said, maybe they started button heads at the end. I don't know. But I'm not going to put uh, to any blame on any of this season on Rand Carton whatsoever. Now, Mike Rabel, but his stubbornness, I, I would say that yes, but Rand Carthon, let, let him cook a little bit. How many, how, many more, how many more years do we give Rabel? Is it like this year we give him a pass? Say we go six and eleven no. or whatever the fuck. No. If they don't make the playoffs, I don't want him here next year. Make I know, I, I know. But where do you think the majority? How do you feel, Jared? Because to me, I'd be willing to move on if we finish this year 
six and eleven in the last, you know, his last uh, two seasons or combined, you know, no, 13, fourteen and 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 twenty something. No, I'm not. I'm not moving on just yet because of the simple fact of twenty and twenty-one were complete misses, and he has to be there. I mean, yes, he's he's there, but in all the sense, he's it's John Robinson. It's John. He he is, but John Robinson was the reason we we traded AJ Brown. Mike Rabel didn't say, "Hell yeah, screw it." You know, go go trade the best wide receiver in franchise history, and we'll we'll take Traylon Burks. John Robinson muscled probably his way because he has um, the decision making. So I mean, now with this. Because we they know it was a massive, massive, massive loss. Maybe John, I mean, uh, Rand Carthon, Amy said, uh, Rand Carthon and Mike Rabel, you guys have to start working together, unlike John Robinson did, and screwed us and put us in purgatory right now. So Mike Rabel was was um, dealt the hand that he had, like he said last year when we were on a seven game losing streak. You know, I, 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 that's who we have out there, all the, all the offensive line, Dennis Daly. You think he wanted to put him out there? Well, th- those the rest of the seven games? No, we had nobody. We had no depth. And that's John Robinson's fault. Now let's see what Rand Carthon does. So two more years, I would say, give him. This year, would, the rest of this year, and all of next year, or next year and the year after that? 2026. Wait. Dude, this season's this season, I'm gonna say if we lose uh if we Wait. lose to the Ravens, we go two and four, and we go uh, uh against the Falcons, we'll go three and four. And then the, the you know it starts getting rougher. If we lose six to seven games, we're not making the playoffs. So it just scraps out of the way. Let them rebuild this roster to next year with the ninety four million dollars and see what we actually do and who's the quarterback, and then we'll go from there. You're giving this guy so much. I I'm mean, not. I, I'm not giving him outside credit. Outside of AJ Brown, I'm, outside of AJ Brown, I mean, what else? What else is is not his fault? You, you or, know what the problem is. His fault. His, his fault. His fault is we're still running a 90s to early 2000s um, offense where it's smash mouth football, run the football down your throat, establish the run, and play great defense. Yeah, we are playing great defense at time, but the, the NFL has evolved, and we need to throw the ball you know, down people's throats like we used to do with A.J. Brown. And people say, oh, get over the A.J. Brown. No, I'm not getting over it, okay, because it's the stupidest decision in the world, and you think you're going to um, put Traylon Burks into his place and have DeAndre Hopkins. It's not happening, guys. He's been here a year and a half. He can't even stay on the field. Eight games he's missed. And Nick Westbrook and Keena has more yards than him. You know, shout out NWI. Um, but it, it's just – it's sickening in my opinion. It's sickening. It's sickening. It's sickening. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sick really too don't. that we continue to have to deal with mediocrity and giving uh, everyone of course. All these second chances, right? Okay, Tannehill, we'll give you another shot. Okay. Well, Jennifer who knows? Robinson, he may pull the, he may pull we'll the trigger again. Shot. He may pull the trigger again with the quarterback. They gave John Robinson a million chances. They gave they gave fucking uh, Ryan Tannehill a million chances. They're giving Mike Vrabel a million chances. They gave Todd Downing a million chances. When's it going to end? I mean, somebody's just got to be fed up with it and say, you know what? This team is going in the wrong direction. It's time to just fucking open the floodgates and rebuild this team. And it's going to start with the goddamn quarterback. We need a generational quarterback or else this these seasons are a waste of time. Leaving this guy in here does us no good. Get him out. Just that's what we want. Anyone who thinks otherwise is just delusional. Delusional. 
But yeah, it, and it's yeah, funny because we've said it we've said it before too. Why why is there this loyalty to Tannehill? When we bench Mariota, I think he had a seven to two touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, we were two and four, but we had no issue benching him. And guess what? That benching united a spark. Not to say it's going to unite the same spark that it would if we do it now. But why are we failing to bench a 35-year-old Ryan Tannehill who has two touchdowns to five interceptions and has showed us nothing to make him, us think he can put the team on his back, along with the fact we've drafted two quarterbacks in the first three rounds last year. So kind of what are we doing? We're showing loyalty to a guy who's 35 years old, who's clearly over the hill. Last week he played good, but guess what? A broken clock is right twice a day as well. And we drafted two young kids. So what what are we doing here? It's just kind of like are we picking these quarterbacks for shits and giggles and thinking like we got the next like uh you know Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings and we just need to let him sit for a few years? Like wh- what are we doing here? And that and that's another thing that flush is frustrating about. And that's almost where I almost want to bring up like what I was saying earlier, where does the power lie? Is it Vrabel saying, no, Rand, we got to give this kid a chance? Or Rand saying, well, I drafted this kid in the second round. I traded up two picks for him. I'm the GM of this fucking team. We're going to put him in. So, like, where does the power lie? I think the next few weeks will really determine that because I think Vrabel has his blind loyalty to Tannehill because he still thinks Tannehill has what it takes to take us to, you know, the promised land. And clearly, that's not the case. So, if Carthon really has some power that we think he might have, then he's got to make his move after this bye week. Because other than that, it's like, you know. Mark my we're... words. Mark my words. If the Titans lose in London against Baltimore, and I do in my heart of hearts believe they're going to lose. Why is the spread only three, though? That's terrifying. I like, have no idea. But like they're, they're baiting should... you to take Baltimore. I'm gonna, but then Baltimore gonna tell... doesn't look that good either. Before yeah. we get into that, let's get into this. Um, Sammy, start the new second because I'm going to tell you why that spread is three. So, Sammy, hit it up. What's up, guys? I, t- I took your advice, Vin, with the um, with the uh, tapping gown. I found I found it. So, um. So here's a little stat genius here. So um, I'm going to hit, hit you up for the Ravens real quick. So Mike Vrabel, under under Mike Vrabel's uh, tenure as the head coach, the Titans are 2-2 two and two versus the Ravens. In four games versus the Ravens, we're averaging 17.75 points per game, letting up 19.25. Henry in five games versus the Ravens has 83 yards. Tannehill, as a Titans quarterback, is 2-1 and one versus the Ravens, averaging 170 yards. And five interceptions. I mean, five touchdowns and two interceptions. That's that. But now getting into the spread, you want to talk about three point spreads. The last 12 games, right? Well, there, there's the three point spread 20, 20 points to 17 points in the last four games against the Ravens. So it's, it's right there. Vegas knows, right? But in the last 12 games, we're averaging 16 points per game. Okay. So that's pitiful performance on the offense. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, we're letting up 22 points per game in the last 12 games. So Vegas knows that swing of three, four points. We're, we're losing this game no matter what, in my opinion. So you look like I mean, the fucking... stats, stats, stats don't lie. Seven, 17 points we're averaging against them, and, and we're giving up 19. You look like the count from Sesame Street. Those right look now. like the glasses that Mrs. Riley wore, my cousin hey. Vinny, when Uncle when cousin yeah. Vinny said she needed a thicker pair of glasses. You need, you need to go one, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three. Hey, but you know what? You, you think this is funny? Wait until Thursday show. Oh no. 
Oh yeah, wait until Thursday show. I got some. I got something real good for you guys on Thursday. All right. Well, I'm gonna say this now. Mark my words. If the Titans lose to the the Ravens in London, which I do believe they will, Ryan hit Ryan Hannahill. Ryan Tannehill will be traded between the end of the game in Baltimore and the Atlanta Falco game at home. This is gonna be it. If they Where's don't win. Where's he Tannehill. going? I don't know where he's going. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter what they want. Give it to him. We'll give yeah, them what trading they... quarterbacks not all that easy. He can't learn a whole new system in like, you know. Oh yeah, he can. A, a week. Oh yeah, he can. Oh uh, yeah, Garrett. <laughs> the Dirty Birds. And, in Atlanta. Yeah, but guess what? They're 3 and 2. There are no need for a quarterback. Art Smith is might Desmond, pull... Is Desmond Ritter really going to do anything? I think Tannehill, if he goes there at 3-2 and two to Atlanta, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the only one who's a Tannehill fan on, on the podcast. If he goes to that Atlanta team with those weapons, I think he wins the division over there. What, the weapons here. just like we have? What? I mean, we don't have really a Drake London, but Kyle Pitts has been a I complete mean, joke. We have a Dijon. We have yeah, we don't have Dijon, but we have a, a that division versus back. our division. That division is our division. That's what I'm saying. I, don't think they're I wouldn't say it's a big gap between our division and their oh division. He goes over there; they're going to win that division real quick. Dude, he Carolina is, Panthers. He, he, how, he's how much better do you think he is than Ritter? Ritter how sucks. Tannehill sucks. Oh. Easy, you, you. This is where you, this is where you put, post that picture again. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I need to see Desmond Ritter's stats real quick. Because if he has more than two touchdowns, then I don't want to hear a goddamn word. And I bet you he does. So let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to this shit. Let's go to uh, box score. Uh, uh, Ritter. Four touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,073 yards. Why on earth would they give him away and sit him down for a guy who's got two touchdowns my Five opinion. interceptions and less yardage makes my no sense. Who carries a way smaller cap number. Your only shot is a team like the Jets, who uh, again it's they have this dude. They, Zach they Wilson has not, looked a little better the last few weeks. That room, dude, that quarterback room, is, did is, not win that that's game. Ninety million dollars in the quarterback game. room. Ninety million dollars invested into that quarterback room. No, even more than that. Probably a hundred and ten with Zach Wilson. So, it is 60 of it means happen. nothing because the guy can't is, is it in a cast? You still gotta, gotta play him. I, play I know him. you still gotta try to win. <laughs> they don't there, no. Listen, I don't want to hear there's no way they could do it. The money can't though they could figure anything out. The Chiefs have been a billion dollars over the cap every fucking year, and nothing happens. I don't think anybody's knocking the door down to trade for Ryan Tannehill. Let's just be the real. Jet, it would make no, the Jets no, make sense. No, no, no shot. Okay, no well, shot. I'm just saying. No shot. Yeah, then, I'll, then I'll reword it. After Baltimore, if he loses, that's it. it he's yeah, done. They're correct. He's I'd benching. love if they trade him. I just don't see where, you know, the what's there to trade for? 35-year-old quarterback who can't move, who, who locks on to his first read, who has twice as many turnovers as touchdowns. There's there's no play in that. If, if we move on, it's because we're benching him. And, um, you know, a part of me almost wants to see it. I alluded to it after the Browns game. If we beat the Bengals, then what's it for? And then we beat them, and we were back on the bandwagon. And then we get, you know, outplayed this week. It was a close game, but we were outplayed from the jump, you know. So, I, I, I don't know. I, of course, you don't root for your team to lose, but, like, 
we're That's almost we're almost going to need to really fall apart bad for you know for you almost feel like for this front office and this coaching staff to realize that this ain't it and that we need to tear it down to build it back up but that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Well, we've uh, done 50 minutes somehow, and it feels like it's been 10. So, um, you know, let's uh, wrap up with a word from our proud sponsors, DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. Football is more fun when you're in the action, so download the app now and sign up with code 6sports. New customers can bet just $5.00. And instantly get $200 only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner with the NFL with code 6sports. The crown is yours. You know, you want to bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to www.1800gambler.net. Moving into uh, next week. Guys, thanks for everyone for joining in today. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we continue to get a lot of great feedback from everyone. Uh, a lot of good, even some bad, but it's all fun and games. So, uh, again, I want to apologize to the lady who has to continue to see my face on the show. I've con- I brought it up to producers each week. Uh, unfortunately, you know they don't want me to go yet, so I'm gonna have to stick around. But um, hope everyone has a great day, great night, great week, and we will see you on Thursday, right, folks? Thursday. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have a cool Ravens guest on here to talk uh, Titans, Ravens, and London. So make sure to come join us. Everyone have a great night. Tighten up, baby. Sammy, send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.